the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Um, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, we're rolling into the third half of our three-hour tour. And joining me uh, this hour is uh, an internationally recognized psychologist who has uh, just written a new book called Whatever Works, The Small Cues That Make a Surprising Difference in Our Success at Work and How to Create a Happier Office. Um, and uh, joining me by phone is the uh, author, Talma Lobel. Talma, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Um, is, is, uh, that's got to be, if not the longest title I've ever read on the air, it's got to be right up there. Just whatever works, and the title explains what it is about. But you know, it's whatever works, and it's in two sentences or one sentence. 
all the small things that will help you succeed at work and increase your well-being. Now, you might ask me, actually. I'm sorry. No, I was I was just going to say, are some of these things uh, applicable in an office setting, or can they also uh, benefit people who find themselves working at home, as so many people do because of the pandemic? Definitely. Definitely. Even more so, because at home you have the choice of choosing the space uh, and decorating and do things that you are more flexible with your schedule. So actually, it's even more so for those who are working from home. Because, you know, uh, may I say something about the book in general? Because it's not a uh, self-help book, you know. Uh, there are many uh, books uh, that uh, you, you're working on how, how to succeed at work. There are books on motivation, books to emphasize the uh, relationship. And there are plenty of niche books. But this is different. These are books that are important, but my book is based on cutting-edge science and novel experiments that says factors that we are less aware of. And even if we are aware of them, we often don't think they matter. Factors that are there all along, right under our nose, uh, and we hardly pay attention to them, but it's a lot of influence on our behavior, on our success, and our well-being. Whether you work at home, or in the office, or even if you don't work, you just, you know, do all kinds of things that you want to, to reduce your stress, especially these COVID-19 uh, times. So, yeah, so I'm open to all the questions about that. Yeah, one of the things that you point out is, um, and, and this is always really frustrating to me because I'm not um, as, as tech-savvy as a lot of people are, but this notion that people don't go anywhere, they're never more than, you know, an arm's reach away from their smartphone. And you suggest that just even having a smartphone on your desk, even if it's turned off, can uh, lessen yeah. your, your performance. Definitely. So uh, here's an example. Uh, as you say, the, most people are really attached to their smartphone, check all the time their mail, their messages, internet. And that's great because, you know, we can communicate better, you can be in various places. But it also has a price. And there are several studies that showed that when people, for example, uh, were asked to, uh, to come to an experiment, there were three groups. One group was told, leave all your belongings outside the room. Just bring your smartphone and put it on your desk. Uh, the other group was told, uh, bring everything inside and put your smartphone either in your bag or in your pocket, not on the desk. And the third group was told, bring, leave everything outside, don't bring anything. And then they gave them some cognitive tasks. Those who had the phone on their desk performed worse than the other two groups. Those who had the phone outside the room performed best. So then the researchers thought maybe it's because even though they didn't use the phone, but it was turned on, so they maybe they picked their messages. So they asked them in another study to turn that phone off. It was on their desk, but turned off. Still, they performed worse than all the other groups. It shows that even if you think that their phone is turned off, it still disturbs the performance. So my suggestion is 
when you're working on something important, something that needs concentration, you have to focus, take the phone and put it in another room. If you're working at home, it's even easier. And just work on it, on what you have to do. And then if you're really eager to know if you have messages, up or go and check. But don't put it on your desk, even if it's turned off. And this is back by science, you know, it's just not something out of my head. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because uh, if the phone is there, it's on people's minds that, that they're, they're actually wanting to check and see if there are messages? Exactly. It's, uh, they want to check, even if it's turned off. It distracts their attention and they think maybe that person called or they, they picked it. Even if, if it's turned off, they, they find themselves looking at it, thinking, uh, you know, what am I missing? If it's not there, they might think that too, but yes, you know, because it's not in front of their eyes. And they have a decision that, you know, now an hour or two hours, I'm not looking at it. So uh, definitely do that, you know. We live so many years without having the phone all the time, nothing happened. So we can, we can do it, and it really, really helps. But, but there's a sense, because we have that constant communication, that you might be missing something. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is this is interesting. Um, another another little point um, that that you bring out <clears throat> is that for someone who's in a job interview, that crossing their legs, similar to the interviewer, could yeah. could have an impact on whether or not they get the job. Um, is that just simply a matter of um, becoming, uh, I, I don't know, acting in a way that's familiar to the interviewer? No. Uh, what happens is uh, it's called uh, mirroring others, uh, which is the Chamelon effect. This is an effect that was found uh, many times in studies. But when somebody is sitting in front of you or having a conversation or interaction with somebody else, and that somebody else is imitating you very subtly, but if you put your, if you cross your legs, he or she crosses their legs too. If, uh, if you touch your face or you scratch your head, they do the same thing. Not very bluntly, not, you know, very subtly. Uh, studies show that this person is right more. People tend to like that person more. People tend to help that person more if it's a situation that needs help. So, and, and they're not aware that it's because of that. People uh, tend to buy more from a um, tailor that, that does that, you know, that, that imitates the other person very sadly, even either vocally or, or doing all kinds of gestures. So, uh, therefore, you're going to an interview uh, don't do it, you know, very openly, but from time to time try to, uh, to imitate the other person's uh, behavior or repeat the same word again. And without noticing, there is a better chance that the interviewer will like you better and will think higher of you. Well, it's not the only thing, you know, for it to be good in the interview, but that, that definitely helps. There's many other things uh, can help. Uh, Talma, you, uh, you said uh, that 
just doodling in a certain way can increase your creativity. A lot of people look at doodling as, um, I don't know, wasting time or being distracted. Um, but you say it can have a positive impact. Yeah, definitely. So this is where my chapter in the book about creativity. You know, creativity is so important. So many things, uh, so many people uh, are aware of the fact that uh, those who look for a job, definitely, but not only that, uh, that creativity is one of the most important skills uh, in our century. Uh, and uh, in the 21st century, definitely. So there are many people tend to think, many of them, that uh, either I'm creative or I'm not. And that's, of course, not true. You can, there are the individual differences, of course. There are some people who are more creative than others. But there are many small things that I describe in the book, and this is one of them, uh, that can help you be more creative. So it, answering your question, one of the things that can uh, help you be cre more creative is doodling in not straight lines, but uh, curvy, curvy lines. Or standing up and walking in curvy lines, not straight lines. Uh, studies showed that when people were given a task, a creative task, and there are several creative tasks that you can measure creativity, and one group was asked to do the curvy lines, the others didn't do that, or one group was walking in circles, the others didn't, uh, those walked in circles or do uh, better ideas, more creative ideas. There are other things, for example, there are studies that showed that if you look at the green color or the blue color, it will increase your creativity. So if you're working at home or in your office, put something green or blue in the front of your eyes. It can be the screen of the computer, it can be anything else, and stir at that color for, for a while, and that also will increase uh, your creativity. There are, you know, there are many, many more in my book, uh, in whatever works, that shows, and they're all easy to implement, you know. By the way, don't, don't look at red color because that uh, disturbs your creativity. Um, depends also on the time of the day. Um, as I said, green and blue. Uh, there are all, all kinds of methods that you can use that increase your, metaphor, uh, your creativity. For example, if you look at the picture of a light bulb, which is a symbol and metaphor of creativity. And if you hang in your office uh, or in your room a picture of a, a photo of a that can help too. Um, so there are many, many things uh, that are all easy to implement and they really help. They really help. Um, Talma, excuse me, I have to take a uh, short break. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more about some of these cues? Of course. Excellent. My, uh, my guest is internationally recognized psychologist Talma Lobel. Am I saying that right, Talma? Yeah, Talma Lobel. Yeah. And uh, the book is Whatever Works, the small cues that make a surprising difference in our success at work and how to create a happier office. We're going to talk with uh, Talma some more after we uh, take a short break. If you're listening to us, on WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House, Spectacle Productions, and my good friend Paul Herring. 
Uh, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. 
Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. The Tom Summer Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're talking with an internationally recognized psychologist who has a new book uh, called Whatever Works, The Small Cues That Make a Surprising Difference in Our Success at Work and How to Create a Happier Office. And that uh, psychologist and author is Talma Lobel, who joins me by phone. Talma, um, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sure, my pleasure. Um, Talma, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about creativity, and I've asked a lot of people this question, and and with a variety of responses. But I'm curious uh, what your take is on it. Can creativity be taught? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was talking about. Uh, it can be told, you know, when you, uh, uh, even at school, if you give uh, tasks to children that uh, demand creativity and then, you know, uh, if they don't solve the problem, talk about them, how you can think outside the box, how you can uh, not stick to one idea, etc. And when you are uh, older and you're working the idea or you need to do all kinds of creative things even at home. It doesn't mean doesn't have to be only at work. That's exactly what I said. I give in the book several very easy to implement uh tips how to be more creative. In whatever words I uh show that as I say if you look at a blue color or a green color, it kind of uh, opens your mind and you uh come to more creative solutions. If you doodle or if you're walking, for example, to get up, don't sit and just stick to one idea. Get up, go even outside, which I'll talk in a minute, uh, the influence of nature in general. But go and go in circles uh, and you'll come with the idea. Um, maybe do something, actually do something boring. Uh, then, you know, it's much better to just let, let your thoughts wander and uh, there is a better chance that you'll come with the with the more creative idea, look at the light bulb, all kinds of things that uh, will show you that even if you believe that you, you are either creative or not creative, it will show you and you'll be surprised how easy it is to learn to be more creative, to come to most, uh, more creative solutions. Of course, there are individual differences. There are people who are more creative, but everybody can be creative than what he or she thinks they are. And you also suggest that that being in a warmer room makes makes you more likely to want to conform with a group. What what in what room? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. If if the if a room is warmer, that it makes you more likely to want ah, to conform ah, with yeah. a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a lecture on the influence of temperature and how. Uh, what is the ideal temperature or the optimal temperature to come to the best uh, results? Uh, and, and, you know, and if you read the book, you'll see that uh, I give exactly uh, what is better for 
performed. But what people don't know so much, and that's what you're asking, is that temperature influences also in other ways. For example, uh, temperature, people who were sitting in a warmer room tend to be more uh, conforming to others. Uh, uh, they're also in a warmer room, they are less uh, able to come to more complex solutions, to take the more simpler, simpler one. So uh, my uh, suggestion is that if you want people to agree with you, make the room a little bit more warmer. On the other hand, if you are in a discussion work and you want one to say his or her own opinion, make the room a little colder that they will not simply agree with what you say, but each one will come with a hair or his uh, idea. So, uh, yeah, temperature influences in, in various ways, not only influences our performance. And by the way, I suggest that uh, it's in the comfort zone of uh, 68 to 77, the best optimal uh, temperature of performance is uh, between 68 to 72. If you go outside this uh, uh, area, you will make more mistakes. Uh, every temperature that drops down or goes up, you'll make more mistakes in your cognitive performance. But if but within the uh, optimal area or the more console zone, it's better to be a little bit more cooler than a little bit uh, more warmer within the comfort zone. Uh, it will perform better. Another thing that uh, influences a lot is the nature which I would like to, to, to tell the, the yeah, players, because I think it's very important. Especially these days, you know, of the COVID-19, when uh, everybody is more stressed than usual, for the obvious reasons of uh, being afraid to be sick, of, or that your loved one will be sick, of being afraid to lose their job, or people lose their job, and many, many things to be stressed. On top of the usual stress of our modern life and work. Work-related stress can be caused by a number of factors, including pressure and high demands, lack of control, tense relationship with colleagues and bosses, or it's about job security, interest of being fired, etc., etc. So we all want to uh, have a better well-being and to reduce our stress. And people don't realize how easy it is with nature. There are many, many studies that showed that nature just being in nature is not only an aesthetic experience, but it really lowers your uh, stress. There are, for example, several studies uh, that were done in Japan and uh, in Stanford that uh, showed that people who were asked to either sit or take a walk in nature, compared to another group who were asked to sit or take a walk in urban environment, those who sat in uh, nature uh, reduce your stress as measured by physiological measures such as blood pressure, cortisol, which is a stress hormone, um, etc., and also reported that they, they were less stressed. For example, uh, in Japan, they did it in, in forests. In, uh, in Central, they just asked people to walk either around the campus in urban area or in, in a park. And it showed two things. First of all, it reduced stress. Definitely. I mean, nature compared to urban environment. And also, it uh, improved their cognitive performance when they came back. Because if you're tired, if you're mental, you have this mental fatigue, if you're working very hard, sometimes people think, I'm, I'm so tired that I don't have the time to go out and 
still working nature, sitting nature, I'm too busy. And they're making the mistake because they can take even 10 minutes break and sit or walk in nature, the performance will be much better when they come back. So it's not only reducing stress, but it's also increased performance. But you might say, you know, what if I don't have nature around me? So I'm, first of all, I want to stress that I'm not talking only about forests and beaches, which is great, but of course not everybody has that. But even a park or, or garden with flowers and trees will do. But suppose you don't have even that. Then you can take an imaginary walk in the internet, imaginary walk in nature, or stare at photos of nature, or listen to nature voices like birds or waves. All these were proven by science to help you reduce the stress and release you from your mental fatigue. Moreover, there is a study that showed that people who were uh, doing some cognitive tasks, then they were stopped in the middle and were asked to look at the scenery. Uh, one group looked at the concrete roof, and the other group looked at the, at the roof that had some grass on it, green grass. And then they returned to their task. Those who looked for 40 seconds, not minutes, seconds, uh, uh, on, the, on the roof with the green grass performed better than those who looked at the concrete roof. So my suggestion, which I'm sure about that, whether you're working at home or in the office, whether you're not working, but you're just stressed, take a break. If you can, take a longer one. If you can't, take a shorter one and go to nature, even garden or trees and flowers, and just sit there or walk. You will see how your stress will decrease, measured physiologically, and you will feel better, and you will perform better cognitively. Very easy. Um, Talma, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Um, the title of your book um, suggests success at work and how to create a happier office, but you just made reference to the people that are working at home. Do some of these same cues in the book apply whether you're in an office setting around other people or whether you're working at home and somewhat solitary? Definitely. First of all, I have all kinds of suggestions. Uh, if you're working from home, how to choose the space you're working. For example, it is important to have a designated workplace. Sometimes it may be tempting to work lying in bed and uh, with your laptop, and that's fine. But in general, you will be much more productive if most of the time you work uh, at the same designated uh, place. Now, which space should I choose? So if possible, not always it's possible, but if you work at home, if it's possible, choose a space with a window. For various reasons. First of all, there are studies that show that natural light is better than artificial illumination. Research found that compared to workers setting the offices uh, with windows and were exposed to daylight, those who worked in windowless offices were more tired and found it more difficult to perform various tasks. So if you can, choose a uh, room with a window and use the daylight. Not, you know, a lot of people are very happy to just look at their screen and they can even close the window and the shutters and, and uh, don't put any light. So first of all, that's not good. First, second of all, regardless if you work in natural or artificial light, make the room as bright as possible 
uh, we can easily see the computer as I said screen in the dim room. Uh, and in these people sometimes turn the, off the light. But uh, there are studies that show that if there, there is light, you are more visit and perform better. Uh, so make sure the world is well lit. If natural light isn't possible, make sure you have enough artificial light. Do not close the shades unless the sun bothers you. Uh, third, third reason is if you can choose a room with a window with a view. If you can, then you can get up and just look at the view from time to time. As I explained about nature, it helps a lot. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, you, uh, what about you the, uh, Talma, what about the, the solitary nature of yeah, working yeah. at home? Sure. So, uh, I was just going to say that. Uh, you know, there are individual niche, uh, differences. Some people are very happy to work alone all the time. Some people really don't like it. Uh, there are studies that show that uh, when they ask, they, they get the, the possibility for workers to work either at home or in the office. And some, after a while, were choosing to continue working at home if they reduce their salary, while others really wanted to come back. And one of the, there are many reasons, one of them, that some people cannot control their schedule, they attempted to walk, to watch TV or do other stuff. And also, people miss the buzz of the office, the, the colleagues. My suggestion is, first of all, I want to say that the best thing, if possible, is to combine the two, like working two days in the office and three days at home. But of course, now in the COVID-19, a lot of people work all the time at home. In that case, make appointments, talk either via Zoom uh, with colleagues and friends. Take a break in the middle of the day. You're the, the boss of your time. You're the master of your time. And go to lunch with a friend, even if it's not a colleague. And of course, make from time to time uh, meetings on, preferably Zoom meetings if you don't want to make to meet face to face, and talk either uh, even about just you know ordinary things, politics, and friends, and about work, exchange ideas. That's very important. And if you, if you feel that you are really really alone, take sometimes the time off with your computer to the park or to a coffee shop, and work, even if, if you're not with friends, you see people around you, that helps too. So again, make, suggest, suggest a meeting with your colleagues from time to time on a regular basis, or with a friend for lunch or coffee, take a break, and on top of that, go from time to time to a coffee shop or to a park just to see people. Let me say it again, some people miss that more and some people miss that place. So you know yourself. And I, for example, need from time to time to see people. Although I'm working a lot at home when I work my, on my research and my um, books, so I'm quite familiar with that. But from time to time, you need to take a break and talk to people. And, and that can be just as effective uh, over the computer as, as uh, meeting with people in person? Uh, no, not as effective, definitely, but it's better than nothing, you know. Gotcha. Better than nothing for sure, yeah. You know, now in the COVID-19, we meet people all the time here at the computer, unfortunately. Uh, I meet my kids who live in the States, 
via the computer, via the FaceTime. Sure. And it's better than nothing for sure, but it's not the same. Um, let me let me ask this. Um, what about situations where you have, there's an awful lot of people who are working from home, but also trying to oversee kids who are out of school, uh, you know, who have school-aged children, and making sure that they're doing their distance learning assignments. Um, how do you how do you manage all of that activity going on under one roof without uh, affecting your productivity? It, 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 let me say first of all that usually it, it will affect your uh, productivity because when you work before the COVID, when people said you know it's it's good to work from home, uh, it was that the children are at school and then actually. You have a quieter environment than you have in the office, especially if you're in an open space office. But now that many children don't go to school, it's very, very difficult. And I hear a lot of complaints that people cannot, say, cannot focus. But if you have a big house, or somebody else to look after the kids while you're closing yourself, close the door, even a, a real door and also a metaphoric door, and work, and nobody, you know, now two hours, I'm working, nobody gets in, or, uh, you know, I'm, it's like I'm not at home. You can manage that, that's great. And then you could take a break, have lunch with your kids, help them a little bit with homework, which is better than if you work in the office. But uh, not all people can manage that, and sometimes people uh, don't know how to, to set the boundaries, and then it's much more difficult these times when a lot of children don't go to school, definitely. Are there, are there, um, tips in the book that will help people with that um, time management uh, organizational stuff that, that is necessary to try and keep juggling all of those things at the same time? Not necessarily, you know, it's not um, it's not so much tips as, as if to uh, as I say, metaphorically close the door, if you can. I, I'm Perfectly aware that not always it's possible, but metaphorically close the door. Uh, you know, if you have a door, and also that people know that you are not here now and you're doing what you have to do for an hour, two hours. But then, right in advance, schedule in your uh, calendar. Twelve o'clock, I'm doing the kids and eating with them. I'm preparing lunch. I'm uh, helping with homework. Then. Again, you go and close yourself uh, into a room and uh, do whatever you do, or you go to meet a colleague, or all the things that we talked before. But it's definitely more difficult, and uh, I will be uh, not saying the truth if it's not more difficult the kids are not going to school. And Especially now, if you don't have a big house. Now that we're seeing uh, the, the pandemic, um the, the numbers rising again it looks like we're going to be in this situation for a little while but at some point the pandemic will end and we'll start trying to get back to normal people keep talking about a new normal um what do you think the new normal is going to look like well that depends if the pandemic will be over or not uh, well, I'm thinking. Mean, I'm thinking post-pandemic, Talma. Post-pandemic, uh, hopefully, you know, when we'll be there. I hope we'll be there as, as 
soon as possible, and we will not be afraid of meeting people or children will go to school. All these will be the same. But I think more people will continue working from home because they will see the advantages, and there are advantages, commuting, flexible schedule, less interruptions with the kids. So I think the new normal will be that more people will go uh, work from home than before. And uh, we've learned also some, some things. Uh, maybe people will not hug so much each other, at least for a while, uh, as we used to when we meet even strangers and immediately hug and kiss. I think people uh, kind of were adjusted not to do that. Um, I think more deeply people uh, suddenly realize that uh, life can be changed in a minute and they're quite scary and I teach you what, important, what is important and what is not important. Well, Talmo, we're, we're almost out of time, but I always want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and about the book and about your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? Sure. So my website is like my name, talmalobel.com. Talma, I write T-H. A-L-M-A, Talma, Lobel, L-O-B-E-L, dot com. I have there all my interviews. I have a lot of interviews. I have uh, uh, also about my previous book, which was uh, by Simon Schuster and translated to 15 languages. Whatever works, also, is already translating to several languages in the process of several languages. And uh, really, I have to say, I know I'm not objective, that it really gives you easy to implement tips of reducing your stress performing better and increase your well-being so and it's quite readable so i think you, and it's all based on science so i hope you will read whatever works and uh, i will be very happy to hear feedback i have my email there in my calmalobel.com about whatever works and you know i'm always answering and i get a lot of emails and answering immediately well, Telma, I want to thank you for spending this time and sharing your thoughts with us and uh, uh, wish you uh, the best of luck with the book and all of your work. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Okay, take care. That was uh, Telma Lobel, internationally recognized psychologist. Um, Talma has served as the chair at the School of Psychological Sciences at Tel Aviv University and uh, the director of the Adler Center for Child Development and Psychopathology, the dean of students, and a member of the executive board of the university. She has been a visiting professor at Harvard, a visiting scholar at Tufts University, the University of California at San Diego, and New York University. She has published dozens of articles in uh, some of the most prestigious academic peer-reviewed journals and has received many prestigious research grants. Her last book, uh, Sensation, was published in 15 countries. Her um, new book is Whatever Works, the Small Cues That Make a Surprising Difference in Our Success at Work and How to Create a Happier Office. If you're listening to us at uh, WFOV 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise. 
uh, or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we'll be, uh, we'll be back on the other side with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And uh, thanks again to Talma Lobel. Um, and you can find out more about Talma at TalmaLobel.com. We'll be right back. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, 
table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, I worked as an accountant for a number of years in Chicago. Uh, and I had a kind of a strange uh, theory of accountancy. Uh, I had always felt, uh, you know, if you got within two or three bucks of it... <laughs> But this never really caught on. <laughs> and as a consequence, I held a number of different accounting jobs, you see. And it seemed like whenever I would go with a company, uh, they would always be having a retirement party. And I found out one thing. They are all alike. Uh, different people will retire. Different people make the speeches. But they all say the same tired old thing. I went to one in Chicago for a guy named Chuck Bedlow. He was an accountant, and he was retiring after 50 years. And first of all, Mr. Clayton got up. He was the president. He gave a little address. Then Mr. Tipton, the vice president, gave a little address. And finally, Bruce Higgins, the head of the accounting department, got up and gave a little address. And he was Mr. Trite. He used every cliche that had ever been used at a retirement party, uh, and he said things like this. Well, uh, uh, golly, I guess today's the day, isn't it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's really going to seem funny, though, uh, golly, walking in here Monday morning and, and not seeing, uh, not seeing uh, uh, Charlie's uh, smiling, happy face there at the desk. I, uh, I got to calling him smiling, easygoing Charlie. <laughs> and I guess most of us had some sort of nickname or other. We used to call him from time to time. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget a... Well, that, that too, yeah. Uh, I'll never forget a kind of amusing thing happened. Uh, I had just gotten out of college and... Uh, now, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? I, I, well, a, a little wet behind the ears, I guess, might be the way to put it. 
and I was made department head here. <laughs> and uh, many's a night that Charlie and I used to uh, sort of uh, burn the midnight oil, so to speak. So let's really hear it now for a wonderful old guy. Uh, uh, Charlie uh, Bredlow. Bedlow, Bedlow. Charlie? Well, uh, uh, thank, uh, thank you very much, Bruce. Golly, I've been uh, sitting here uh, listening to uh, Mr. Clayton and uh, Ms. Mr. Tipton and, of course, Bruce here. And through all of their speeches, one thought kept sort of uh, recurring in my mind. I... Uh, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I have never heard such dribble in all my life. <laughs> I, I don't suppose that it, it ever occurred to any of you that I had to get half stoned every morning <laughs> to make it down to this crummy job. <laughs> you'd, uh, you'd, you'd be smiling and easy going if you were gassed all the time, too. <laughs> but you put in your 50 years and they give you this crummy watch. They, I try to try to make a big deal out of it. It works out to about 28 cents a year. <laughs> but uh, ser seriously, if it hadn't been for the 50 bucks a week that I glommed out of petty cash. Well, I, I just, uh, I couldn't have made it on the, <laughs> on the lousy salary they pay it. <laughs> oh, and then uh, someone started the rumor about Miss um, Wilson, the, uh, the cashier, and myself. <laughs> and everyone was running, if, uh, you know, when I retire, and uh, she gets back from her vacation in Florida. Well, there, well uh, we would get married, I suppose, and spend our declining years down there. Uh, she, she isn't coming back, by the way. <laughs> I understand that sweet old Miss Wilson is uh, into this company for about 100,000 bucks. <laughs> It's a little deal that she's worked out. <laughs> she either calls it uh, double payrolling or ghost payrolling or some, something having to do with payrolling. <laughs> I can never make heads or tails out of what she was talking about. Of course, she's 
uh, down in Mexico with a hundred thou. And I'm up here with this crummy watch. <laughs> so anything that I might say, I suppose would be sour grapes. <laughs> One last thing. A lot of uh, people have asked me, Charlie, what are you going to do when you finally retire? Oh, are you going to get a little uh, part-time job in Florida or uh, just a lull around the beach? Or in other words, what am I going to do? I have some tapes from some office parties. <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to let go for 1,500 bucks a copy. Now let me let me take that back a minute. Uh, the June picnic may run seventeen five. <laughs> and with the money that I make off of the tapes and Ms. Wilson's under thou, I should uh, do pretty good. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to uh, all of my guests today. Um, boy, it's, I'm, I'm just always fascinated by the variety of people that I get a chance to talk to. Um, I want to say thanks to uh, Talma Lobel, PhD and author of the new book, Whatever Works, The Small Cues That Make a Surprising Difference in Our Success at Work. It's a pretty interesting uh, little things that, that make a big difference. And uh, before that, we uh, got a chance to talk with Joe Cahill, the Chief Operating Officer from Project Management Institute, or PMI. And uh, they've just, uh, this, this month, um, released their annual list honoring the 50 most influential projects of 2020. And uh, then before that, we got a chance to talk with uh, Jim Milanowski from the Genesee Health Plan with some important information about this open enrollment period, which uh, ends on December 7th for uh, Medicare, December 15th for healthcare.gov uh, for the different exchanges. Anyway, uh, that's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. But I will be back in the bunker tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. One of my guests tomorrow, Mark Spack from uh, Riemann, will be talking about cybersecurity. And with all the online shopping coming up, probably worth checking in on. Anyway, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show 
and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.